What's up, everyone? I'm your host, JJ Rivera, and welcome to 305 Culture, a podcast where you'll feel the heat. Now let's get down to business and talk some Miami Heat basketball. Hey, hoop heads. We all hate ankle sprains, and they happen way too often. Ankle injuries are the number one sports-related injury. Arise is trying to change that. With the iFast, your athletes get preventative protection and full mobility. Athletes no longer need to wear bulky braces that limit performance and give mediocre protection. Anyone playing sports should be using these products. Keep your athletes in the game. Don't wait for them to get hurt to take action. Visit www.arise.com. Spelled A-R-Y-S-E. And use the code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off the future of performance. That's A-R-Y-S-E dot com with promo code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off. HOOPHEADS Nation, we appreciate you listening to this episode of the 305 Culture with J.J. Rivera. Be sure to check out these other basketball pods on the HOOPHEADS Podcast Network, including Thrive with Trevor Huffman, Beyond the Ball, the CoachMaze.com podcast, Players Court, Bleachers and Boards, and our other three team-focused NBA pods, Grizz and Grind, Knuck a Few Buck, and Cavaliers Central. Oh, and don't forget to check out our flagship, the Hoopheads podcast, hosted by me, Mike Cleansing, and my co-host, Jason Sunkel, featuring the best minds in the game, from grassroots to the NBA. What's up, everyone? I'm your host, J.J. Rivera, and welcome to 305 Culture, a podcast where you'll feel the heat. Now let's get down to business and talk some Miami Heat basketball. Today, I brought you all a very special guest, Bo Estes. If you tune into the nightly NBA.com top 10 videos like I do, then you will certainly know who he is. The Goatmentator himself is here. Without further ado, let's welcome Bo Estes. Bo, how have you been doing lately, buddy? I'm doing great, and I am feeling the heat, JJ. Love being on the podcast. Love what you guys are doing. Uh, and I'm so excited to be here. It's funny because, you know, we just finished the NBA season, and obviously it's it's a little bit different. But, uh, you know, all of a sudden, here comes the draft, and here comes free agency. So as off as the calendar seems, some of the normal progression is still happening. So it's, a, it's an exciting time for NBA fans. Absolutely. Well, there's still a thing lingering on on all of our minds is the when will we get the nba back and i think that we all that we all are very nervous about when the nba will be back but anyway we'll we'll keep you covered with all miami heat content during the off season so let's get down to it as we all know on sunday the miami heat unfortunately fell to the la lakers in the nba finals the loss eliminated the heat from the postseason and the lakers were crowned champs for a record tying 17th time I'm going to stop you right there, Celtics fans. They have 17 championships, not 12. <laughs> well, first off, I want to congratulate the LA Lakers for being NBA champions. Uh, these finals were a very—they put me in a very interesting spot, as you, as you know. I write for the Lakers about—I write for fansided about the Lakers, and I also cover the Heat in my in this podcast. And the Heat are my favorite team, so I was in a pretty interesting position. Anyway, uh, the Lakers, they deserve full props for their performance this season. They, they, they truly earned it. 
And in my article today, I talked about the difficulty of this championship and the mental toughness displayed by every team inside the Orlando bubble. Being away from your family for for three months with all that's going on around the, the world. We're in the middle of, pandemic, of a pandemic, by the way. And there's a lot of social justice movements going on. Tell me, Bo, do you think this championship had an extra layer of toughness due to everything that has happened this year? I definitely, 100% think it had an extra layer of toughness, maybe two or three extra layers of toughness. There's the mental grind of being in that bubble. There's the separation from your family. I mean, I remember when when players and teams were first starting to go to the bubble, there's a video of JaVale McGee saying goodbye to his daughter. And it's, it, you know, just a little baby girl, and she's wondering where daddy's going, and he's gone, and he's gone for months and months, and, you know, they get reunited in the bubble. But that's tough, man. That is really tough. And then you're trying to focus on basketball, and then you're staying at the same facility as the other teams. Now, there were some things that were taken out. There was no, um, you know, sort of worries about travel or anything like that. So um, that made it better. I don't want to say easier, but it made it better on the players. Um, you know, I know that you heard from Jared Greenberg when I did, JJ, uh, at, at SBC Sports Business Classroom. And Jared was talking about, you know, you get to the bubble and you're like, wow, this is really sort of scary and heavy getting down here. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you get here. And after a week or so, you're like, wait, we are in the safest place in America right now. It's absolutely 100% safe. So it's almost got to be a bit freeing. But like, nonetheless, you're still, I hate to use the word trapped, but you're you're stuck in that place. And you can go play golf and you can go to the pool and you can go fishing and you can ride on those little boats they had. You can do all that stuff. But after you've done everything 10 times, you're like, all right, I'm getting a little bored. So all of that existed there. Um, and I just think it took a, a level of mental toughness. This is different from any title there has ever been. I don't think it's lesser. I don't think it's more. I just think it's different. Yeah, that's that's a great answer. And I feel like maybe the players and the media members there down there too, they must have felt like it was some Groundhog Day stuff <laughs> going on down there. You're doing the same thing every day, yeah. seeing the same people every single day. It's, it gets tough. Well, I'll tell you I, a, a story. There's there's a guy that I've worked with for years at Turner Sports named John Scott. John Scott has, has a couple little kids. He's got a wife in Atlanta. He left and isolated for, for, I think it was 14 days to get into the bubble. And then he was in the bubble for the entire time. Wow. So, he's, you know, most people split. They did split shifts. John did the whole thing. Uh, and so you know, I think he may be one of the only media members who pulled this off. So I, I told John he needs to write a book. He, he is one of the legitimate superstars of this bubble. Uh, I, I've declared him Turner Sports MVP for the year, but he's just one example of so many people who orchestrated a plan to perfection and got the desired result. And I think Adam Silver deserves a ton of credit for, for his careful planning. And for the people that he appointed in leadership positions who executed that plan and brought it home, because I think what you're finding out is that the NBA is looking really good. You know, the, the American sports landscape, you got NFL games being moved and, and changed around and college football games being moved and changed around and baseball games with teams testing positive here, there and everywhere. And the NBA yeah. just sailed right on through perfectly. I think this couldn't have gone better. 
I think this was a masterful job by the NBA, everybody working in there. The players, the media members, the staff, the people working at, at the hotels, they did a masterful job of, of keeping this thing going. And as you said, we've seen the struggles that other sports leagues have had in, in during these yep. days. We had a Tuesday night NFL game last night. That felt so weird. <laughs> Just saying it. Think about saying that, JJ. We had a Tuesday night NFL game. We're already into bizarre land just by saying that part right there. And, and then you have to go from there. Yeah, well, 2020 that will never cease to surprise us. Uh, I expect, uh, listen, this year has been so surprising that when we're on New Year's Eve and the clock strikes 12, I expect it to go back to January yeah. 1st, 2020. And I, I, would prob- I, I wouldn't be surprised. No, yeah, aliens are definitely landing on Earth's surface on New Year's Eve. Just bet on oh. it. I mean, that's how ridiculous it's been. Hey, let's hope the writers don't run out of ideas because they've been, <laughs> they've been keeping us very, very, very engaged in this. Yeah, man. Yeah. Well, let's talk about the Heat's run to the NBA Finals. They had an improbable run to the NBA Finals. They were led by a ragtag group of players led by the ultimate underdog, Jimmy Butler. I said to myself uh, during the run that no matter what ends up happening, I will love this team forever. They earned our love and respect, and even the the respect of opposing fans. That This run shapes them up quite nicely for the future. I actually think they might have the best free agency pitch in the entire league when you take into account the location, the fame of the famous heat culture, and the staff that they have. They have Pat Riley who is probably one of the greatest talent evaluators this game has ever had. I was discussing it with my friends the other the other day that you can't tell the, the history, the story of the NBA without Pat Riley. He That's a good as, point. He served as a player, as a coach, as an executive, and he's won at every single level. That's He's one of probably one of the most, I would say he's one of the most influential people that the league has ever had. Would you say so? I 100% agree, and I think I think what you have to do is dive even deeper into it. it. He's one of the most competitive people you'll ever see, and that competitive spirit is something that he had as a young man, and it carries today with him. I mean, he is fiercely competitive. He is he is not a fan of Michael Jordan just because of how bad Michael Jordan beat him. He's still ticked off about that. He carries that grudge. He sort of has a Michael Jordan mentality, and the thing I would say is it's Geez, oh, Pete, it's wonderful in that heat culture to have somebody at the top who's that darn competitive. And then w- when you have a guy like that and he meets a guy like Jimmy Butler, it's it's a perfect match, man. It really is because he sees a guy on the court that's got that same fire, that's got that same determination. And then you plug in Eric Spolstra, who carries that through as well. And he's an inventive coach. He's a creative coach, but he's also fiercely competitive. I think they have they have the backbone of a good franchise going forward. And I, I, I would, you know, almost go as far as to say great for sure. Um, things need to fall their way uh, because you can't always rely on sort of just super competitive to overcome a, a talent deficit. But man, they pulled it off in this bubble and I see no reason why they can't keep doing that going forward if the right things fall their way. Absolutely. Well, the right things might be coming their way. Brian, sure. Windsor, Brian Winhorst from ESPN reported that the Bam Adebayo extension will be key for the Heat in their future plans as he will be eligible for a max extension this offseason. However, 
there might be a possibility. I think it will be. It's probably the most plausible scenario that they delay the BAM extension in order to have cap space for next season in order to land a certain Greek freak. BAM and Giannis share an a- share the same agent, and this could only be the beginning of year-long rumors unless Giannis signs on the signs on the dotted line this off-season for the Milwaukee Bucks. By the way, I don't think Devin Sanskas will appreciate this. My friend Devin Sanskas will host of the Nuck of You Buck podcast. Check it out. I don't think he'll appreciate this conversation because we're trying to pry Giannis <laughs> away from, from them. Well, but, yeah. you bring it up a good point. I mean, there's there's going to be... I'm going to tell you, I've been in this business a long time, and I'll, I'll let you get to your question. But rumors are going to happen, man. And people are going to talk. And when you got the two-time defending MVP out there that doesn't have a, a contract that's signed for the long term going forward, people are going to talk. Yeah, and especially when, when you're playing for a, such a small market like Milwaukee. Like, hey, this is the reality of the NBA. Small markets have to... I saw a tweet the other day by Matt Moore from the Action Network. He said that the reality is that, that small market teams have such a razor-thin margin for error that it's almost impossible. Like, you you get... You get these players that that turn into superstars, and then you make a mistake here and there that big market teams like the Lakers can afford, and then you all, all of a sudden you're in a position to lose that player. And yeah. I think that's the reality of this league. Think about the dominant, dominant superstars who have signed free agent. You know, you're talking about LeBron. You're talking about Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant goes to San Francisco, which is one of the biggest media markets. Then he goes to New York City with Brooklyn, one of the biggest media markets. LeBron went home to Cleveland after going to Miami, and then he goes to L.A. So this is what players, when they are free agents, do. So you're building through the draft. You're finding small windows with trades, perhaps, to have a championship window open up, where the bigger market teams aim for those big windows where they can win championships in halls, in one, two, three, four. Uh, and that just it's just tougher. It's not saying it's impossible. It's just tougher for a, a, a small market team to execute that sort of scenario. Yeah. Well, Bo, now this leads us to the question, to the big one. Do you think Miami could form another super team in the near future, similar to what they did in the early 2010s? The answer, can they? Yes, they can. Uh, the thing is, they're, they're really close now. So if you just start with what's in-house, and you say, okay, Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo. So that's two solid all-stars right there. One of them pushing top 10 in the league. Uh, And then you go from there and you say, okay, young talent, Tyler Hero, really proved himself. Not only did he prove himself, he proved himself on the biggest stage. Duncan Robinson is another guy. In today's NBA, you need those guys that can space the floor. So you've got some of that, too. We don't know what's going to happen with some of the other pieces going forward. But you've got that backbone right there already in place. And, you know, you hinted around at the, the Bam Adebayo shared agent scenario with the two-time defending MVP. And, look, can they put that together? I think they could. You know, will they is a, is a vastly different question because, you know, there's there's talk that the most likely place that Giannis ends up is is out there with Steph and Clay, which is just bananas to even think of. But, you know, if, if you put that all together, I think I think the Heat are a really viable option. And I think, you know, here's what I also think. You know, I think it would do Giannis a ton of good to be in that culture. I have nothing against the Milwaukee Bucks culture. I think it's great. 
I think their coach is great. I think they really, for a small market team, put together a heck of a franchise. I really do believe that. But there is something special about that heat culture. Boy, it's, it's just like a dose of reality. And some people really adapt well to it. And I think it could do Giannis some good if that's where he goes. You know, I, I can't tell you, you know, nobody can read the future. But if it's a possibility, I think it's a good one for him. Yeah. Well, the most possible outcomes are obviously the Raptors. He has a strong relationship with Masai Ujiri. Sure. He helped him migrate to into to Greece from Nigeria. And the Dallas Mavericks, they could form the mother of, of big threes with Luka Doncic, Giannis, and Christoph Porzingis. The, the big, was, big three, yeah. Yeah, I think that's – I read the report today that the Mavericks will be at the front of the line. And I was thinking about, man, just think about that. That would be – that would be insane. Now, the question there would be if Luka or Giannis, who is the one who's going to take a step back on offense? And well, So, you're getting back to the heat by asking that because if, if we remember right, like I, I'm old enough to have covered the league when LeBron came to Miami – and the first year, at least in my view, and I know in some other people's views, it was taking turns on offense. It was, okay, Dwayne Wade, this is your turn. LeBron, it's your turn. Dwayne Wade, it's your turn. LeBron, it's your turn. Okay, Chris Bosh, you can have a turn. Rather than it working so well together. One thing I think Luka Doncic does is he orchestrates well in a team concept. I think, you know, even if Giannis goes to Dallas, Luka's going to have the ball in his hands. I think he is the setup guy. And he may set up and Giannis may lead the team in scoring, but I, I don't think that Giannis is going to be your guy operating with the basketball in his hands. I think he's going to be receiving feeds from Luka because maybe there's one guy in the league that's better at, at, at running all that stuff and his name's LeBron than Luka. And that's yeah. at this point, that's that's you know, I think that's true. But Luka's really good at it too. Yeah. I mean, he, he probably had the best season a 21-year-old has ever had. That's think about in, that. Including LeBron James. That's and Magic Johnson. Yeah. And I think that Giannis, an offense what, what this has turned into a into a, a Dallas Mavericks podcast, by the way. Heat, <laughs> heat, heat fans don't don't really like Mavericks fans, but <laughs> okay. To to end it there, just imagine Giannis off the ball, cutting with Porzingis spacing the floor, and Luca with the ball trying to read the game where to go. That would be insane. There is implications far and wide if those three get together there. There's implications far and wide if if Giannis goes to Miami and pairs with Jimmy and Bam. There's implications far and wide if he goes to Golden State and goes with Steph and Clay. And there's implications far and wide if he goes to Toronto and plays with Siakam in that organization as well. And, and OG. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the, that team, any, anywhere he goes, it's earth-shattering because he's that good. If he stays in Milwaukee. It's earth-shattering there, too, because he's only going to get better. He's going to figure out the stuff he needs to figure out. Uh, you know, he's he sort of dominates the regular season, and sort of teams figure him out in the postseason. He's going to figure that out, though. He's too talented not to. Yeah, and also, the Heat are, there have been rampant rumors throughout the whole summer, really, that Victor Oladipo is looking for a move to Miami. So if they manage to, I don't I don't think the cap numbers will be, will be in their favor unless they is somehow getting the trade Oladipo's a bird rights. I'm going to have to check with Larry on that one. But <laughs> Please do, because, yeah, Larry's the expert there. Yeah, but if the Heat somehow trade for Oladipo this offseason, which they might because he's a free agent in 2021, which, opened, which leaves him with cap space to sign Giannis, and if they have 
all people's bird rights, then they can go over the cap to sign him too. Yep. Yep. That only leaves Bam for for his extension. The only thing that will be a problem, maybe, but Mickey Arison has hasn't have hasn't had a problem in spending is that the Heat. I'm pretty luxury. sure they have the the highest payroll in the league by far. Yeah, you get into a serious luxury tax situation, and it, for fans who you know hear the luxury tax and just think it's one thing, the numbers can get tremendously high, uh, even to a point where billionaire owners go, "Hang on a second. Uh, that's the, and it can work that way quickly uh, if you go deep into the luxury tax. Yeah. Well, let's discuss other possible options for the Heat after this offseason. A name that hasn't been very discussed, I think, that should be discussed, is Kawhi Leonard. He wow. Likes, he likes warm weather, after all, and after the, the disappointment from this Clippers team this season, I think the Clippers are they're staring down at the probably the most dire situation in the league. Because if Kawhi and Paul George end up leaving the Clippers next offseason, they're looking at a pretty bleak scenario. They don't, they have no picks. They have no young players. No player there would be good enough to drive them to, towards championship contention. Or they would probably dwell on the 8th or ninth seed. That's that's really tough for the Clippers. And I think so, that, yeah. that's, a, that's a tough one for me to imagine just because Kawhi's – a hometown kid, and he moved heaven and earth to get to Los Angeles. But you're right. I mean, winning matters to Kawhi, clearly. He won in San Antonio. He went to Toronto to win and to prove his value, and he did just that. Um, so what you have to also consider, and you know, I know we've talked about this before, is that players coordinate, obviously. I mean, it's, it's no surprise. It's no secret. So the Paul George and Kawhi thing was coordinated. Has has the ship sailed on that pairing already? Is that the information that we want to believe? Uh, or do they think that they can pull this off? Do they, Look, the other thing to realize is the Clippers are a win away from their season being fine. If they get to the conference finals and play the Lakers and lose to the Lakers in a dramatic fashion or in a decent fashion, nobody's going to say what a terrible season it was for the Clippers. You got the matchup you expected. What happened is they got up 3-1 and they had three bad games. And three bad games are defining everything we know about this Clippers team right now. So I just, you know, I look, if Kawhi is on the heat, then what does that mean for Jimmy Butler? What does that mean for Bam Adebayo? Because now they're no longer the one option. They're two and three. And are they okay with that? Maybe they are because if Giannis comes, that's probably true too. So, you know, there's just, there's a lot of things, I, 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 you know, I think it would be unbelievable because his defense with the Heat is outrageous. But that's boy, I, I have a tough time imagining that. Do you, do you think it could happen? Well, I don't. I think it's less possible than the Giannis one. But I wouldn't rule anything out, especially with Kawhi after with the wacky things we've seen him done to just to get to where he wants and what he wants. And he originally called Jimmy Butler in order to team up with the Clippers. But Jimmy yep. declined and went to Miami. So Jimmy and Kawhi, they definitely have a relationship there if they were considering teaming up. Yeah, and, you, and like I said, players do that. And players like playing with other players that they know. So, um, you know, the, the one thing I will tell you about the NBA is anything's possible. Crazy stuff happens all the time. Stuff that knocks me over that I'm just like, you have got to be kidding me. So I, I wouldn't say never, but I'd say, yeah, Giannis is probably more likely than that. Yeah, well, 
there's a reason why it's where it's called where amazing happens. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Where stunning happens too. Yeah. <laughs> All right, speaking of super teams, uh an interesting debate that I saw a couple nights ago on Twitter. They said that the Heat I think that the Heat get unfairly called the first super team, the the Heatles. You you know what I mean? Sure, yeah, 100%. But I think the Celtics of Ray Allen, Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett they actually deserve that honor. Listen, I know that they weren't on their prime, they were pretty old by that point. But I think with the star power that they amassed in that team, I think that's certainly the I would say the first super team of this era. What I would what I think would be a more accurate description of the Heatles era is the first super friends team. Which is <laughs> which do you agree with that? Sounds, sounds well, lame, but- like yeah, it all, it all gets down to definitions, right? Because uh, if you're talking this era, so like let's say 2000s and on, uh, then three Hall of Fame sort of all stars that are there. Uh, Boston is that. What what Miami? What made Miami new to me is the way that it was orchestrated and planned to by the players. We want to play together. How do we make this happen? What city are we going to do this in? Okay, it's going to be Miami. Okay, how do we stagger the signings? How do we make all this happen? So all that stuff is what's different to me because if I'm not mistaken, Ray Allen was a trade, Kevin Garnett was a trade. Uh, there. Yeah, yeah. So that they that was like management doing it. This was player empowerment, uh, and so that's what's different to me as far as the super team. Look, there's a lot of super team. The the Lakers of the '80s, Magic, Kareem, and James Worthy, all Hall of Famers, all top fifty players of all time. That's a super team right there, an absolute super team. I don't know that, you know, the Bulls of the 90s are the dominant team that we remember of the last 50 years. They are the team. Six championships, two three-peats in 10 years. Nobody's coming close to that. So, you know, I, but they didn't, like, their three all-stars were Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, and Dennis Rodman, Dennis Rodman, sort of the one run, and Horace Grant, Edge all-star the other. So it wasn't like what Miami put together with three definite all-stars and the Celtics with three definite all-stars. Uh, it was just a different situation. And even even the Lakers uh, of the early 2000s, that was Shaq and Kobe driven. Uh, that really was. So the number three is is what's different. And, you know, you see that in Golden State with their run with uh, Steph, Clay, and Draymond, and then you add in KD, which is just bonkers. Uh, and that's that's what you look at now. That's, that's the way it went. And the thing that was interesting about this year's team is that, and, and last year's championship too, although that was somewhat injury related, is it's two frontline all stars with the Lakers and two frontline all stars with the Raptors. Really, yeah. Also, I want to get something out of the way. What LeBron okay. did to join the Heat doesn't compare to what Kevin Durant did to join the Warriors. All right, let's dig into this. Okay. Yeah, all right. I Go wanna, ahead. I want to. I want to dip my teeth into. This. I said something on Twitter that upset you. Go ahead. I need to hear this. <laughs> yeah, I think I this. That was like the first time I've actually heavily, heavily disagreed with you. All right. Go ahead. This is good. I like this. Because, well, okay. First off, what Kevin Durant did, if he hadn't lost to the Warriors the year before, I think would be way, way less, I wouldn't say offensive, but less, yeah, less offensive. Let's say like like it is. And then LeBron joined a team. Wait, let's start right there. Why is it offensive to you? Because you're joining the team that beat you. You're saying you, you, it's like you, you lack the competitive spirit to go back and beat them. 
Yeah, I think. Okay. I, as a competitor, mm. I played basketball. Well, I played like basketball when I was in middle school. Yep. But I would never. Or, or in any competitive sport that I played, I would never join the guys that beat me, and that and the yep. way that they beat me, that, well, I don't, I don't want to like listen. It's been four years since that happened. I I think we ought to let it go. Sure, and though I, I've I've gone on record and said that the 2017 Warriors are the greatest team ever. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, I think so because just just, just think how ridiculous that team is. It's good. It's really good. Um. So let me let me start with a couple of things. One. That Warriors team blew it. They totally blew the NBA Finals. So they did not emerge champions. That's the first thing I would say is that so, – so when Kevin Durant goes there and, you know, if I went into Golden State and said this aloud on the streets, I would get mobbed. But Kevin Durant went in there and was the Finals MVP two years in a row. He was the guy that lifted them up. Ask LeBron James – what what was different about uh, this year versus last year? Kevin Durant is the difference. He really is. Now, I get you, and I understand what you're saying about, like, man, step up and just beat this team. You had them down 3-1, and they came back on you. You should beat this team. You should go beat this team. And really, he should have, because they blew it, too. They really blew it. And, you know, a lot of that was the performance that Clay Thompson put on down the stretch in some of those games. I mean, Game good six. Lord. Yeah, man. I mean, like, Clay Thompson stepped up huge. So, I mean, I just think that um, – so this is this is your point one. I would say, had the Warriors won the title, the Warriors wouldn't have reached out to him like Draymond did and set up that meeting in the Hamptons. Uh, I don't think that happens. And I think it was the that the Warriors losing to LeBron caused them to reach out to Kevin Durant. And when they reach out to Kevin Durant and say – Man, we need you to win. That's when he responds. Uh, so would, the thing is, the Warriors don't get dragged in the same way for saying, man, we need Kevin Durant or we can't beat LeBron. Well, I think, uh, well, maybe they they wouldn't have pushed as hard. But who says they wouldn't have? Who says they would have said, hey. Win the championship and still get Kevin Durant, right? Yeah, we, we, we just won. But hey. We, we need to stay one step ahead of everybody. So let's I think that Kevin was Durant. Kevin Durant's mental in, though, to say, hey, they, they're really close, but they can't win it without me. I think that is – whether you buy that or not because of 2015, I think that mentally that's where he was in him saying, I think they need me to beat LeBron now that LeBron is – you know, they were fully healthy. That Cavs team, they weren't in 2015. They were fully healthy, and they came back and beat the Golden State Warriors. And the one thing we have to agree on, that that loss in the 2016 NBA Finals is the most stinging finals loss for any franchise that I can remember this century, you think? Because they had so much history on the line with the 73 wins, and then they blew it. Now would, they're forgotten. I wouldn't say the most gut-wrenching way. I would say I would, I would would say that title belongs to a 2013 Spurs because, man, that... <laughs> the Ray Allen shot? Yeah, I think you could. Li- they could literally smell it. Yeah, and it just went away. <laughs> but okay, let's move on from Kevin Durant because we could go on forever. Yeah, we could go on forever. It's been four years. He's already moved on to a different team. The Warriors will be back next season. They'll they'll be pretty good, probably led by. Yeah, Stephen they'll Curry. be good. Yeah, they'll be good. Yeah, let's move on to another interesting topic: Jimmy Butler's top ten status in the league. 
During this playoff run, I, I would say Jimmy Butler wiped away a lot of doubters and criticisms that he had in his previous stops around the league. Remember, before the season, he was called a locker room cancer, a poor leader, and people thought that when he went to Miami, he didn't want to win. They thought he just came here for the for the beach and the and the non and the tax exempt status of <laughs> state but, of Florida. Yeah, yeah. But Jimmy came through and then some with an absolutely great playoff run, and he led the Heat to their first finals appearance without Dwayne Wade on the roster. So before the season, I had him as a top fifteen guy. Now I think I actually have him inside my top ten, which looks like this. By the way, I'm gonna I'm gonna okay. Let's go through the exercise. Yeah, name your top ten. Yeah, I'm gonna say my top ten, so you can you guys can drag. Let's me. see if we all agree. Okay, go ahead. So you guys can drag me on Twitter. Call me a <laughs> call me a hack or something. I don't know. The drives into rations, by the way. So he he, he finally. <laughs> okay, number one, LeBron. Sure. Number two, Kevin Durant. And by the way, this is a top ten when everybody's healthy. Just yep. Clear. Okay. Kevin Durant. Number two, Kevin Durant. Number three, Kawhi. Okay. Number four, Stephen Curry. Okay. Number five, Giannis. Okay. Number six, James Harden. Yep. Number seven, Anthony Davis. Yeah, okay. Wow. Number eight, Luka Doncic. Yep. Number nine, Jimmy Butler. Okay. And number 10, Luka. 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 <laughs> Nikola Jokic. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Luka. <laughs> Luka again. Uh, so, is, so, so Jimmy Butler essentially replaces... Dame in your list? I would I would say so he replaces either Dame or Embiid. Yeah, because th- th- that was the other guy I was going to go to and say, do we all agree that Jimmy Butler is better than Dame now? Uh, because I think that's he's on that fringe. And I think, like, look, the top five, and I think I, I would – who did you have at six? I'd have Anthony Davis up there uh, and Luka up there. I think those guys are sort of undisputed. Um, so, So you're getting down to, like, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 is where the area that he's going to end up in. And that's where you have to decide, does he make the cut in your top 10 or not? Uh, you know, you could make the argument that he's better than Jokic. You could also make the argument that Jokic is better. But I think, you know, like Jokic and the Nuggets lost to the Lakers. The Heat lost to the Lakers. It's the same thing. It was just a different round. Uh, I... I that's all very tough to me. You know, now that I mentioned the Nuggets, how good is Jamal Murray going to be next year? But, um, you know, I just I, – that area of like 9, 10, 11, 12 is really tight for me. Yeah. The, I, the top six or seven have sort of separated themselves though. Yeah, I, I would agree. That that 7 to 10 range, I think it's really, really, really tough because you've got guys – that have stepped up this season, like Jason Tatum, he's certainly entered the conversation. I hundred percent. I think he's still like a season or two away of having. This Do you think he's where you would have had Jimmy Butler last year, around fourteen or fifteen? I would say so because his okay his, his improvement this year has been phenomenal. And so the guy that's really dropped off, and I guess he was always around fifteen, is Kyrie, right? Yeah, it's just that. He's he's excellent, but I I always had questions about his defense, and well, the injuries in my mind they 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 knock him off a bit because the best ability is a bit availability. So <laughs> yeah, so his constant injuries I think they knock him down a bit, but I still think he's in that top fifteen, top twenty. He's definitely there, and I think in the if you go down to the top twenty, top twenty five, I think Bam Adebayo has entered the conversation. Then you have sure. guys like Ben Simmons. Chris Paul is still there. Yep. Donovan Mitchell's risen a lot because of his playoffs. Yeah, Donovan Mitchell, Jamal Murray, maybe. 
maybe. Yeah, no, that's another guy. I mean, there's. let me tell you something else. The talent in the NBA now, and I've been doing this for a long time, uh, better said, the offensive talent now is as good as I've ever seen. It really is. It's an offensive league now. It's the, the game doesn't resemble the game that was played 30 years ago. It's a different sport. The rules are so different. No handshaking uh, helps. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that, that matters a ton, an absolute ton. But, you know, do I like it better? Yeah, because I don't want to see a 57-56 game. I don't. I, I've I've covered those games too. I don't need to see that again. It was it was something, but it's it's not as entertaining as it is right now. I mean, you know, could we tinker with the rules and maybe make it a little fairer, perhaps? But uh, you know, I think the product on the floor is pretty darn good, and and the the skill level and the talent. You, you know, when you're in an arena and you see a guy hitting thirty foot shots with a hand in his face. I'll tell you a true story. I was the first time I ever saw that in my life. I was at a Lakers practice facility, and we're led into uh, the Lakers practice facility at the end of practice. And Kobe Bryant is in there, and Kobe Bryant is absolutely going off. Like I've rarely seen anybody go off in my life. And he is hot. He is fired up. And they're setting screens for him outside the three point line, and he's drilling them. And I'm I'm like swiveling my head, like is everybody seeing? What the heck is happening right now? Kobe Bryant is going nuts, and he's talking smack to everybody in the gym who will listen. And then five minutes later, he comes out of the locker room, does a nice little interview with us, and that was it. <laughs> it was unreal, man. I'd never seen it. And that's the first time I ever saw somebody make shots like that. It was Kobe Bryant. Yeah, well, dude, uh, it makes sense because a lot of guys in the league right now, they their idol growing up was Kobe Bryant, so many of them. He's, he's this generation's Michael Jordan, right? I mean, that's the way people view him. So, yeah. like, especially, I think, Kevin Durant leading that that charge. He loves Kobe. And I get it, man. I get it. Kobe was really something. Really special, special, special talent. Yeah, we – everybody loves him. Me, as I said again uh, earlier, me, he forever rest in power. Yeah, man. He, he, was, he was a bad, bad man. And, you know, it's really cool to hear the story. I talked to Mirren Fader recently and some of the stories about what a great dad he was and how involved he was in those kids' life is, it's, it's you know, it warms the heart and it also hurts a bit because you, you you know what's lost for those kids that remain. Yeah. It's an absolute shame. Yeah. Well, let's move on to, we're speaking of lists and there is a debate that has been reignited once again. And I know that this one might, might tick off a little boxes in for you after four okay. years and two lo- finals losses the goat debate seemed to be dead in my opinion however lebron as we all know won his fourth championship and finals mvp and that debate got reignited on twitter and on my mind too in my okay. last podcast i discussed a pathway that lebron can follow in order to be considered the goat i i outlined that he should break the scoring record which he's very well on pace to do win at yep. least five titles and finals MVPs, he just has one more left, one more MVP, reach the top five in total assists, and break the All-Star Game selection record. Now, I know this is a Miami Heat podcast, and we've veered a lot into other topics. LeBron's a Heat guy. But LeBron is a former Heat player. Yeah. But do you see a pathway for LeBron becoming the GOAT? Okay, let me start with a few things here. Um, One, I think LeBron's case is going to be longevity and a long career with a huge statistical haul. 
he is like a perimeter Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. That's what he is to me. He's he is a dominant statistical machine year after year after year after year. So set that aside. I think that is the way that if, if you want to make a case for LeBron, it's the the totality of the statistics over a really long career. So set that aside. I think if I'm a young person, if I'm 14 years old, and if you're 14, 20, 25 listening to this podcast, and you say, man, LeBron's got to be the best of all time, sure, that's fine, because you didn't, you haven't seen everybody, and I get that. I totally get that, and I don't have a problem with that, because, <laughs> you know, I, I think that's fine. I really do, and I think, you know, that look, this is about being a fan of the game, and, like, if, if, if what LeBron has done has impassioned you to research the stats and say, look, I've, I I love the guy and I've got some stats to back up what I'm saying. I'm all for that. I really am. Now, I sort of come down on this in a different way. I like there, there's a writer named Andy Bailey who's in Salt Lake and he and I've discussed this. There's like there's like almost it's a fine line with the words greatest of all time and best of all time. I think LeBron's goat case as NBA Twitter understands it is gone. I don't think he has a chance no matter what he does. By that, I mean, I don't think his peak is ever going to be that 10-year run with six championships, undefeated in the finals, finals MVP every time, didn't lose a final series. There is a perfection that is associated with Michael Jordan that LeBron James simply cannot match. There's nothing he can do. But to me, that's more like peak best of all time. And LeBron's 35. He's going to be 36. He's not catching MJ in that sense. But over a long career with the, the, the statistics he's accumulating, man, I've done this regular season after. He's going to end up playing two games for every one game that Michael Jordan plays. He's just going to have twice as many stats. So if that's your measure, like longevity and the guy stayed healthy and he played until he was old and he didn't you know, go play baseball for a couple of seasons and he didn't retire because he didn't like the management in Chicago. So he went away for a couple more years and all you got was prime unfiltered MJ. And so it's just, it's a different thing. I think like I, I, I can distinguish between the two. I can say LeBron's long haul career is the greatest long-term career ever. And Michael Jordan is the best player the NBA has ever seen at his peak. And I don't. I th- I can distinguish between those two. I think that's a great point, because for somebody like me who was born in '98, I was born in the in the last. I'm already furious at you, JJ. Just go ahead, keep going. There. What? <laughs> I'm already furious. You you were born in 1998. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I was born in '98. The the last. You say the last dance. The same yeah, year that the. That last was your first dance. dance. Yeah, that was my first dance. <laughs> and. After viewing the last, after watching the last dance, which is great, by the way, and it, it was really informative because I've known Michael Jordan through YouTube videos, stats that I've looked up that he always appears everywhere, which is the theme that you always that you always have in your Twitter account. It always goes, goes back, back to, to MJ. MJ. Always, yeah. everything does. Everything does. Well, I think for future generations, what they will say, it always goes back to LeBron. I think in the, those long-term career stats, like, you know, most points ever and, you know, most playoff wins and most this and most that, those things that are, like, associated with the the stats that you would accumulate over a long playoff career, I think you're right. I think they will. Yeah. 
But as you said, LeBron's case, listen, as in a, in a peak, I don't think any basketball player would, would, will ever have a case. He's not MJ. He's just not. Will ever have a, a peak unless we see somebody go crazy. Somebody's going to come along, man. Somebody will. Somebody in 2035, there'll be a seven foot four kid who's got Kevin Durant handles or Kyrie Irving handles and can fly like MJ and is as strong as LeBron. It'll happen. It'll happen. And can shoot like stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All that's going to happen. It always is. The one thing I can tell you is the game's always evolving. It is always evolving. So somebody's going to come along and do it. I I fully believe it. It just hadn't happened yet. But uh, that said, if you're a young dude and you say, man, I've never seen anything like LeBron in my life and I can't believe anything is ever that good. I, I'm with you, man. Yeah, that's that's totally fine for me. I would say that LeBron has had the longest prime anybody. Yes, I I really agree with that. Really, and Kareem's up there too. If you go back and look at Kareem's stats, Kareem is a real close comparison to LeBron, and people don't know this. The thing is, Kareem was a celebrated high school athlete in the same way that LeBron was. I remember telling there's a current coach of the Denver Nuggets who used to work with me. And I remember, and he, if you talk to him today, uh, I told him in LeBron's sophomore year going into his junior year, I said, the next great player in the NBA is a kid named LeBron James. He's a high school kid in Cleveland. And this guy laughed at me and laughed at me and laughed at me. And every time we see each other, we still go back and talk about that. Huh. LeBron James. And the thing was, like, I wasn't a genius to call it. Anybody that saw him could see it. He, was un- he, w- he could have been in the NBA in his junior year of high school. And would have been a very good player. Wow, wow, wow! Really, I think that I think that we both highlighted what LeBron's maybe goat case. Yeah, could be. it's just it's it's perimeter Kareem. He's perimeter Kareem. I think that's that's a great that's a great point. That reminds me when when Zach Lowe called James Harden guard Carmelo, Malone, a guy who puts up the same <laughs> stats and but he can't win. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a good comparison too. I agree. Yeah. Well, Bo, where can we find you? Uh, I am at NBA Bo, NBA B-E-A-U, because my parents thought it would be cool to spell my name that way and <laughs> caused me all sorts of harm as a child. Uh, but yeah, so it's NBA Bo. You can find me on there. I'm working, uh, I'm, I'm hosting a new podcast on Sports Business Classroom's uh, channel, and that's at Sports Biz Class on Twitter. Uh, we've interviewed recently Alvin Gentry. Uh, who was the coach last season for the New Orleans Pelicans. We talked about Zion Williamson's first year. Uh, he's now going to the Sacramento Kings. And I recently interviewed Lang Whitaker, who uh, famous, famous writer for Slam Magazine. When that cultural revolution happened, Lang was there in New York City, and now he's the GM of Grizz Gaming up in Memphis. So, yeah, we're, we're getting a lot of good guests. Uh, we hope you come and listen, and we hope you listen to this podcast as well, man. I'm so happy for you. Yeah, thank, thank, thanks a lot. And by the way, Let's congratulate Wes Wilcox. He just recently got hired yes. as assistant GM of the Sacramento Kings. Wes Wilcox, for those that don't know, he was uh, an instructor at SBC, and we got a chance to meet him. And I, I got a chance to tell him a wild take that I had that I'm still a Jeff Green believer. I, I hope he remembers that. <laughs> I'm still I am a, a Jeff Green believer. Well, let me tell you a story about Wes. Yesterday, Wes and I were texting back and forth. He texted me out of the blue something that he wanted me to understand about a certain management style. I was like, oh, very cool. I'm getting ready to do this podcast. Do you have any questions? And I don't hear back from Wes for a while. And usually Wes texts you back, but I don't think it's too big of a deal because I know he's a busy guy. And then I get off the podcast I was hosting 
And I I look up at the news and there's a Woj bomb that, that Wes is now with Sacramento. And I was like, oh, I get why you weren't calling me back now. And uh, so we had a nice laugh about that today. But yeah, Wes, uh, Wes and I were texting yesterday when he was a normal citizen and now he's a coach out in Sacramento. So I'm really happy for him. Yeah, I'm I'm so happy for him. I really I really hope I get a chance to actually meet him if when I attend SBC next season. In, He'll be there in Las Las Vegas. Well, uh, I want to I want to tell him that I still believe in Jeff Green, even though if he, <laughs> maybe he's retired by then. Well, if Sacramento signs him, then he owes you something. Yeah. Well, hey, Wes, if you're listening to this, I told you so. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Bo, thanks for coming. I really had a great time doing the pod with you. I'll definitely have you on again. And yeah, I I think that this was great, man. Thank you for coming, really. Always, always, always a pleasure. Glad to jump on at any time. And uh, don't worry about the GOAT debate. It, it's going to get figured out. And guess what? You people are going to take over the media. And if you guys want to say LeBron's the greatest, you get to say it. You guys will control it. Yeah, well, I, I certainly hope so. Anyway, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, that was the Goatmentator. Thank you for listening to the 305 Culture Podcast. Subscribe and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at 305 Culture Pod. Wear your mask, keep your distance, and watch the NBA offseason. See you next week. Goodbye. If you have an existing podcast or are looking to launch your own pod but aren't sure where to start, the team at My Podcast Manager can help. Our podcast team works behind the scenes so you can do what you do best. We'll help you launch your podcast, make it sound great, and free up your time for the more enjoyable parts of podcasting. If you're ready to put your podcast editing, production, and promotion on autopilot with a trusted team of podcasting professionals, visit MyPodcastManager.com to get started. Thank you for listening to the 305 Culture Podcast. Subscribe and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at 305 Culture Pod. Wear your mask, keep your distance, and watch the NBA. See you next week.